Um, but uh, thank you for those who are leading and teaching our kids during this hour. Uh, thank you, Alishka, for organizing that room and getting it ready and, and uh, making sure that our kids are growing in grace and truth. Um, so, uh, if you would, uh, open your scripture to um, Exodus 23. Um, this is the conclusion of the Book of the Covenant. The Book of the Covenant is distinct from the Ten Commandments. You know, uh, it's, it's law, it's, it's, it's case law, it's application of the Ten Commandments specifically to the nation of Israel and their, and their cultural, uh, social, uh, historical context. And, and, and there was... We read those laws, and though they're not binding to us in the sense of, and we're glad, you know, especially that part about if you don't honor your parents, you're stoned to death. Are we glad that that wasn't? I don't. I think it'd be an empty room. Uh, and uh, but but there's grace. There's there's um, uh, forgiveness um, that we have here in, in, in Christ and. And as we said, as we read those, as we, as we read those laws, and we read those dire consequences that were completely just, we recognize that and rejoice that Jesus has died in our place. That Jesus has absorbed that debt for us. Um, so we come here, and we're, we're, last week we finished up the law. We finished up the the ordinances of the book of the covenant. And uh, now we, we conclude with this, um, this promise. Again, the scripture is really more about what promise, God's promise to us, than thou shalt, thou shalt not. Um, sometimes, you know, we've, we've wrongly made the scripture about that. But it's really about God's promises. And God's people living in light of and because of God's fulfillment of those promises. Um, so, with that said, let us pray and then read and uh, see what the Lord has to teach us this morning. Let's pray together. Uh, gracious God, we, we do thank you for your promises that are all yea and amen in Jesus Christ. We thank you that even here we see that. And we see that maybe here more clearly than we do other places in Exodus that um, as we conclude each service that we say you will surely do it. And we thank you that even here in, in Exodus we see that in this text. That as, as Israel receives this list of laws as they realize that um, if they're honest, those who are honest, who are self-aware, that, that um, they cannot keep God's standard. We thank you for the good news here. There's caution here, but there's more than that. There's good news here, good news of God doing what he said he would do. So Lord, help us be encouraged by that. Help us be encouraged in our own life as we look to you to see us through. Let's, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Starting with verse 20 of Exodus 23. He says, Behold, I sent an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. When my angel goes before you and brings you to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will blot them out, you shall not bow down to their gods nor serve them nor do as they do, but you shall utterly overthrow them and break their pillars in pieces. You shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your, your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from you. None shall miscarry or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my terror before you, and I will throw into confusion all the people against whom you shall come. And I will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites from before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the wild beasts multiply against you. Little by little I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and possessed the land. And I will set your border from the Red Sea to the Sea of the Philistines, and from the wilderness to the Euphrates, for I will give the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out before you. You shall make no covenant with them and their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. The grass withers and the flower fades. The word of our God endures forever. Um, who in here, when you were in school, middle school, high school, college, who liked group projects? Raise your hand. Okay, we have one. Um, I'm going to, no offense, Jenny, I'm going to take that to mean that we have a room full of mainly people that did all the work on the group projects. Am I right? Now, I think Jenny likes, she likes people. She likes working with people. She likes, that's good, that's good. Uh, I don't know what that says about our room. I'm going to think about that and pray about it. Anyway, um, but, you know, the, the group project is, um, I have found that Usually, not in Jenny's case, but you know, for those of us who like them, and, it, and and let's just be honest: if you like the project, it was basically based on what, who you were assigned, who was in your group, right? And if you had that kid or that student, that was that straight A student that was going to step in and get it done no matter what. If you got assigned to that group, and you, maybe even externally, you were like, yes. This is going to be easy sailing. Yeah. I'll do some, maybe. But I know, uh, you know, I know Camille will do it, you know, basically. Anyway, um, Camille was probably the one that did all the work. I mean, right? I mean, anyway, you know her. Uh, so, 
But uh, if you were someone who was very conscientious about your schoolwork and you got paired with someone who you knew just wasn't, you were just, oh no, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to have to do all of it or have a bad grade. But, you know, the ease and success was determined by the classmate or classmates assigned to work with you. And, you know, I... I thought about that as I was reading this passage because if you if you've looked at Israel and you've said, "Okay, Israel, this is what you're called to do. This is where you're going to go. You're going to go to the promised land and you're going to have to obey these laws and you're going, I I just don't think they're going to get this group project together." <laughs> you know, they're they're not going to it's not it's, mm, the teachers like, "I, I don't know." But the good news is, for them, there's someone that goes with them. There's someone who's leading the effort. They're not just on their own, to their own devices, to try to get it all together and get the project done. But there's someone who goes before them, and that's, that's God himself. He's the one that's going to do it. And uh, like I said, we, we end that. We end our service with that. I, I love that. That's my favorite benediction, if you hadn't noticed, that God will surely do it. The God himself will surely do it. And we see this in this text this morning. Uh, as, we, as, we, as we look at it, I want you to see three things. Three things we're gonna, I'm going to point out. First is we see God's persistent presence. God's persistent presence with his people. Second, we see Israel's required obedience. Obedience is required. And then thirdly... Um, the promise's ultimate guarantee. God's persistent presence, Israel's required obedience, and then the, God's promise is ultimately guaranteed. Uh, we see this at the beginning. God is speaking. Uh, he says, Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on your way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. After all these laws, all these ordinances given for, for, the, for the people of Israel, he, he says, but listen, behold, hearken. This is the good news, if you will. I send someone to lead you. And it's not just anyone, it's not just any angel. It says it's one who's, he says, my name is in him. And who is this? Who is this angel? It's not the first time this angel has appeared. If you flip back a few pages to chapter 14, verse 19, you see this angel present as, as, as Pharaoh's army is bearing down on, on, on Israel. We read, And the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness. And we, so we have this angel, this messenger of God, who's not just any angel, but the angel of the Lord. And as we said then, as we looked at, at Exodus 14 and 19, I'm saying now this is many, many theologians, many uh, reliable teachers of God's Word have said that this is none other than the pre-incarnate Jesus, the Son of God. 
God is present in the cloud and then He's also present as this angel who, who leads and then who guards them. And he says after he's given this, this commands, as he's given the Ten Commandments, he's given these laws for Israel, he's saying, I'm going to keep going before you. I'm going to still lead you. You're not on your own. What good news. What wonderful news that, that God Himself will lead them to the place He has promised. It says that He is with them, um, but also that He's out in front leading. You know, that's what we want in a leader, not someone who just stands back and tells you where to go. We have, we have guys who have served in the Marines and Army here and you know and Jack Buchanan served in the Navy and so we understand y'all y'all know a lot of you know what it's like to be under command the, the people you want to follow aren't the ones who are behind you saying run that way or do this they're the ones who lead you into into battle if you will who who show you how it's done and I, I, I was thinking about um, as we just had Memorial Day, I was thinking about, you know, I, I saw it was all over the TV, Band of Brothers is probably my favorite series, um, and it's so, it's so well done, and, and um, I have grandfathers that fought in World War II, and it just, I, I love the story, but in, in particular, if you haven't seen this, this miniseries, probably 20 years old now, it is, I think, um, it's a it's a story of 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 uh, of a guy with the hundred first, the commanding officer, Captain Winters, and there's a particular instance where they are gathering for a battle, and he has told them, he says, "All right, we're going to all charge on the same mark. We're going to throw this smoke bomb, and and when it when you see the color come up, we're all going to run and we're all going to attack the enemy," and so. He throws it, checks his watch, and he takes off, but the smoke bomb doesn't go off. And you just see Captain Winters running with his gun. And, and he assumes everybody's behind him. <laughs> and then some young, you know, second lieutenant, no offense, Scott, if you're here. Anyway, he's like, no, we've got to wait. Wait till we see the smoke. And the sergeant's like, no, he's, he's 30 yards ahead, you know. And they're like, no, we've got to wait. So finally they come behind him, but he comes over the hill all by himself and engages the enemy, and somehow, the, you know, you know, this guy's a, uh, I think, evident as you watch the series, he's a believer. But God, God had grace, and he, and those guys just, and they, they won a decisive victory because he just ran out before them. He was, he was the forerunner. That wasn't his plan. That's the difference. It wasn't his plan to be twenty yards out in front of his troops, but he did, and they were. And it inspired them to run and, and, to, and to defeat the, their adversaries. It's a wonderful scene. And so as I think about that, I think that's, that's the picture we have. God says, I haven't just given you a, an ethic and a rule and a, and a, and a job to do. I'm, I'm going to be with you. Uh, and I'm going to, not just in a cloud, but personally with you. Personally going before you, this angel of the Lord, and, and I'm, I'm going to take you all the way to where you're going. And, and, and again, this is so evident that it's, 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 the, it's the Messiah, it's the 
pre-incarnate Son. It's, and it's, it's the same thing we see in the New Testament as Jesus describes Himself. In John 10, 3-5, He says, To Him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear His voice, and He calls His own sheep by name and leads them out. And when He has brought out all His own, He goes before them, and the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. That Jesus... You know, God goes before His people. Jesus goes before us. He goes before us, leading us through the trials and tribulations of life. But in His ministry here on earth, we see Him going before us into the wilderness and going toe-to-toe with Satan and doing what Adam could not do and Eve could not do. He was not in a garden. He was in a, in a barren place. But as Satan comes to tempt him three times, he denies. He says, no, I'm going to be faithful to the Father. I know that it was true. And he goes before us and fights and wins that day. And then he goes before us and defeats death itself. Not by bypassing it, but by going through it. By leading us through death to the other side. His resurrection guarantees our resurrection. Jesus, Yahweh says, Take heart, behold, my angel goes before you, the angel of the Lord. It will lead you and take you where you're going. His job is to keep and to deliver His people. And His job is to bring terror and judgment on His enemies and the enemies of God's people. And we see that, you know, as Jesus came in His first coming, as, as God shows up in the flesh in His first coming, He was a, one of, a, a job of, of grace and mercy and of, and of redemption and atonement. But as we read Revelation at the end, He's coming on a stallion. He's coming as a leader, as a, a military leader to bring, to bring judgment and vindication to His people and judgment against sinners who have denied Him. Again, this is clearly, clearly a, a, a foretaste, a, 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 a picture of what he will ultimately do, not just in 40 years from now when they come into, into, into the promised land, but when he comes again in his fullness in the last day. God is persistent in his presence. He will see them to the promised land. Finally, I mean, secondly, we see um, Israel's required obedience. We see this in verses 21 through 22 and 24 and 25 and 32 through 33. It says, pay attention. Obey His voice. Do not rebel. And then look what it says in verse 22. And I hope that caught you. I hope you were listening, reading. What does it say? Um, I'm sorry, not 22, but 21. It says, Do not rebel against Him, for He will not pardon your transgression, for My name is in Him. What do we do with that? If this is a picturing Jesus and we've just we've just talked about sin and the pardon of sin and assurance of pardon and how do we reconcile this verse with he will not pardon your transgression for my name is in him how do we reconcile it with things like 
Verses like Psalm 103. Bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns your head with steadfast love and mercy. What about Nehemiah? I'm finding Old Testament text, right? Nehemiah 9, 16-17. But they and our fathers acted presumptuously and stiffened their neck and did not obey your commandments. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders you performed among them. But they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. And what about 1 John 1, 9 that we use often in our confession of sin? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yet here we see, He will not pardon your transgression for my name is in Him. What do we do with that? Well, because it's, we know this is God's Word, it's not contradictory. It's not contradicting itself. God isn't changed His mind, go back and forth. He's not waffling. So what is He saying? Well, first of all, He's saying this. that so This is something that we also see in the New Testament as well. That sin has consequences. The consequence of sin is what? Judgment. To be a, a child of wrath of God God will judge sins judge the against sinners he will bring punishment upon them that's 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 clearly stated we see these commandments in verse 24 restated look with me you shall not bow down to their gods or serve them he said this once before he's saying it again nor do as they do don't be don't be conformed to their way of life the uh, the of the the hittites and the perizzites the canaanites these pagans uh, who believe in pagan gods he says uh, do not allow their places of worship to remain when you take the land don't don't let these idols stand these pillars these altars to other gods do not make promises to them. Do not go in league with them uh, to, 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 uh, you know, to settle the land or settle disputes. Don't, don't do that. Trust me. Do not let them live with you because they will influence you and in what? Doing what he said before. End up living like them. So what he's saying here is that if, if you don't obey, if you don't follow these things, if you... If you, if you look to them or their gods or conform to their ways, then this will surely be a snare, according to verse 33. There's a consequence to sin. And, and so, but again, how do we reconcile? There will be no, no forgiveness, no pardon. Well, here's, I believe, it's the answer. This rebellion he's talking about is not just messing up or just... It's, it's the sin of unbelief. It's the sin of unbelief. It's adopting the ways, the gods of these other peoples. And is there that's the unforgivable sin. The only way to the Father is through Jesus Christ. The only way... To, to be redeemed is through acknowledgement of your sin 
And trusting that Jesus is the one who can deliver you from your sin. That faith and repentance are required. And again, those are not two things. It's, it's two sides of the same coin. If you believe, you, you know that you're wrong. You, you, you believe that Christ is, is who He says He is. And you atone for sin. Well, I have to repent of my sins. This repentance follows faith. But we're also... Faith and, you know, you can't repent without faith. You can't have faith without repentance. Those are required. And he's saying if you abandon the truth, abandon and no longer follow me, then there's judgment. Even for his covenant, his people of Israel, those who... um, who rebel against him. You, you've heard it, and, he, and, he, and the author of Hebrews gives us clarity here. In Hebrews 3, 16-19, he says, For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for forty years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those that, who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Does this mean that God's promise, that His fulfilling His promise to you and to me is conditional? No. He does not require of us perfect obedience. Not not conditional in that sense, but... We have to look to Him and Him alone. We have to look in faith and follow Him. And not the ways of the world and not the false gods of this world. You see that this this still stands today. This is still true for us today. There still is just only one way. One way for to be redeemed. One way to be forgiven. That is to look to Yahweh. To look to Him and Him alone for salvation. His promises to His people. But it, He says, But don't rebel and don't believe in these other gods. Or that promise is not for you. It's a call to repentance. It's a call to believe. A call to believe in Yahweh. And you go, how could... Have you ever thought... You know, again, we, we've, we look at this and we see this is still... This is the, the generation who, who, came, who, who knew slavery and now knows freedom. Who, who's seen God overcome an Egyptian army by controlling nature itself. Who's provided manna, food in the desert, and water. And according to Hebrews, these are the same people that will deny Him and seek after other gods. It's a a warning. It's a warning. A warning to remember who, who is God, who goes before, who leads, who has made promises and who will fulfill them. Please do not. Be careful. Guard your heart. Ask the Lord to help you follow Him and Him alone. Genuine faith is required. A faith that leads to obedience, that leads to repentance. And yet still, that's a, we know and the comfort is that's a, that faith itself is a gift from God. 
So we see here that we have, a, we have assurance and comfort that God is persistent in His presence. We have a required obedience. That's not so much a, keep all my laws or else, but trust me, believe me, follow me and me alone. That's what God is saying. And then finally we see that this promise is, ult- has, is ultimately guaranteed. Why? Because again, like I said before, it's not just... It's not just them. It's not just up to them. God will ensure it. This is a promise He's made. It's not the first time it's been said. You go back to Exodus 3, 3, 7 through 9. It's the first time that that, that God appears in in the bush, in the burning bush, the bush that was burning yet not consumed. And it was... and. You know, Moses was attracted, like, what's going on here, you know? That's, I haven't seen that before. And then God says to him, Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their suffering and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey. To the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And here it is again. Even with, with the, the, the standing before Sinai, they're still standing before Sinai. And Moses has come down with these, with these words from God. He's saying, it's still true. It's still true. I'm still with you and I'm still going to make a way. And you see that. Look at verse 23. He says, Not if, but when my angel goes before you and brings you to the land. It's not condition. It's when. It's going to happen. When. And then as you keep reading, it says, And then I will. What? He will bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from you. I will fulfill the number of of your days. None shall miscarry. I will send my terror before you against all your enemies. They will flee. They'll turn their back. They'll be in retreat. I will send hornets before you. And I'm just going to say that even the commentators aren't sure what that means. If you keep reading... He doesn't use hornets to to wipe out three of those people groups. (laughs) Is it figurative? I think so. He will go before them in fear and drive them out. Has anyone ever come across hornets? What do you do? You run, okay? It's not, there's no like, well, let me think about this. What could I do? You're... It's, it's confusion, hysteria, and you're, you're, you're getting out. You're getting out, you're running away. Find the nearest body of water, hopefully, you know, if there is one. Jump in it. Um, it's terrifying. He is going to go before them. He will send His power, His wrath, His, His terror before them. He will bring about the victory. Blessings, again, blessings will flow, He says. There will be plentiful food and water. Sicknesses will be healed. Enemies confused and flee. Healthy babies. All women will be fertile. All life, all of life, full of life. All lives live to the fullest. 
Then he says this. It's interesting. But it's not going to happen all at once. And as, as you read, that's exactly what happens. It's not all at once. When they finally get there, well, you know, they don't know this yet. There's going to be 40 years of the wilderness. And then Joshua's going to lead them across, and it's step by step. They defeat Jericho, then they lose to Ai, and then they, they, they move forward. And it takes a year or more. It takes years to do this. But he even says this, even the, the slowness of it, I'm not just going to give it to you, but you're going to move, continue to move forward in obedience and obey my voice and, and, and follow my angel and continue to move forward in obedience. And I will give it to you, but it will be gradual. But he also says, for your good. That even the gradual nature of this fulfillment is for your good. And I have to think, you know, okay, what does that mean for us? How does that apply to us? We note that when they, if you've read ahead, I hope you have, there's water and there's food, there's, there's vineyards and fields they haven't planted that they just get to enjoy the harvest. But all their sicknesses aren't healed in this land. Many of their enemies leave confused and flee, but not all of them. They enjoy God's bountiful blessing of, of having families and building their homes, but there's no, there's no perfect lives in this new heavens and new earth. There aren't, there's not an end to death, even for little ones. I'm convinced that even here, he's pointing to the, the greater rest. Even, even here, he's talking to Israel, there's, that, that even when they get to this promised land in 40 plus years, they're going to go, it's still, it's, still not, it's still not what my heart longs for. Because what we, what we long for is, is the new heavens and new earth. What we long for is to be the presence of God Himself, to see Him face to face, and to enjoy, the again, not all new things, but Him making all things new. And this ultimate blessings, this ultimate um, per- perfecting of all of His people and of the whole universe. That's what we long for. We long for this, this, this land, the, the, the real promised land, the perfect new heavens and new earth. And, 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 and as he, even as this, it says it's going to be gradual. It's going to, it's going to take time, but it's for your good. I, I, I take that and... I think that application is for us. As we, as we sit here on this side, as we know the promises of God, we know the promises to them, we know the promises to us, we know Jesus is coming again, we know He's building His kingdom, we know He's at work in our midst. Yeah, we, if you're like me, you grow weary. When? How much longer? Just because it's slow, just because it's not all at once, He's, he's still at work. And it's still like it was for their good that it came little by little. It's for our good too. It's for your good, it's my good. What, what's the good that's being done? What are the, what are the, what's the benefit of that? Well, the benefit is what? It's looking to Him more and more, relying on God more and more for our daily bread, for our needs, to satisfy our hearts, to realize that nothing else can, that nothing else does. That's one of the, 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 one of the things that's good about it coming little by little. 
that we appreciate His faithfulness, His love, His care, as we experience the valleys of the shadow of death, as we experience the the hardship, as we have to listen and as we have to obey Him and move forward and, and struggle in this fallen world, as we have to do spiritual battle day in and day out, we more and more rely on Him. We more and more look to Him. We more and more realize He is our our forerunner, our leader, our king, our champion, and we follow in the path that He has He has laid out. And because He is faithful to keep His promise, and because He's with us and doesn't abandon His His people, just like here in Exodus, we know He will bring us all home. If you're like me, you have days where you feel like you're standing still or even moving backwards. Does that that feel like life? In your faith, in your maturity as a person, in your understanding of your your mission of, you know, sometimes I feel like, man, I'm getting parenting. I think I got it. I think I I get it. And then the next day, I really don't get it. (laughs) I think, you know, I think I've got this husband thing figured out. Ah, the next day, mm, no. Uh, As a follower of the Lord, I feel, you know. But, But there is this little by little, God bringing us to where we're supposed to be. Leading us. And He will bring us all the way home. Uh... What's your grade going to be on this great project? <laughs> if it's up to us, nah, not going to be good. Not going to be very good. I doubt I'll pass. And he's calling his people to follow him, move forward. He goes, but I'm with you. I'm leading you. I will make sure that you enjoyed the benefits I've promised. I will accomplish this. Look to me. Follow me. Believe in me. And don't be distracted. Don't, don't look to these other lesser gods, these other, this other way of life, these ways that lead to death. Look to me and know that my promise, my promises are guaranteed. He will see His people to the promised land and He will see us to all the way home to Him, the new heavens, the new earth, seeing Jesus face to face. He will surely do it. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank You for this, Your Word, and we pray that we would remember uh, that You go before us and that Your promises are all are reliable because you've made them and Lord Jesus you've kept them may that give us great joy and may we because of this truly rest today on this day of rest and gladness this this first day of the week this Sabbath of, 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 of Christians may we truly rest because we know You've made the promises and you have gone before us. Let that not just be knowledge, but let it be truth that that just sinks down into our very bones. Where we move forward with confidence and courage 
because you've gone before. Give us rest in you today. Give us joy in you today. And Lord, may this meal that we're about to partake encourage our hearts as well as we begin. And these, these signs and seals, as we partake of these common elements, we thank you that you, by your Spirit, you use this meal to help us commune with you and know that, again, you have surely done it and you will surely do it. In Jesus' name, amen.